0: Won't keep you too long here tonight, but Psalm 103, verse 15 and 16 is where I will start. Psalm 103, verse 15 and 16. And while you're getting ready, I'll remind you 11 a.m. Sunday, online or in person worship, and we will seek out from the Lord his presence, anticipate victory and miracles. God's going to do great things. Amen. If the Lord tarries, Sunday will be a great day of victory as we worship together. Psalm 103, verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. I want to read it now from the New Living Translation. Our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and die. The wind, the wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. Oh my. I mean, that's a little bit bleak. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. And uh, that to me is a little bit of a sobering wake-up call. And uh, hopefully tonight from the word of the Lord, you will... Not only be awakened, but be directed and experience his will. Let's ask him to help us. Father, you're so good to us. What a gift to have your word and to have the opportunity to share and to receive together from your word those things that make the most difference in our lives and our eternity. We pray now give us strength to speak it, but also to receive it. Let anointing be upon each of us so that your glory is revealed in our lives. I pray and believe for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to speak tonight, and uh, for the sake of a title, one word I've chosen, legacy. Legacy. And obviously, as I just mentioned, there must be something more than what was described in those two verses that I read And I'm hoping that you're wanting to know a little bit more than just that incredible vapor of life passing away without much impact. And certainly there is more. And the Word of God makes it clear, legacy, uh, something that you can transfer from one generation to the next, that does not come in the things of this world, but it comes through God, His Word, an authentic, a genuine relationship with him, when you begin to allow that to be uh, the center of your life, then you will have something that can be transferred through the generations. And of course, uh, that matters to us. We recognize the coming of the Lord can be at any moment, but if he tarries, we want the generation coming on to have a quality of faith that even supersedes ours a devotion to God that even supersedes ours. Where is that going to come from? It's going to come by way of legacy, transferring it, but it won't be there unless we have learned to honor God uh, to the full extent that is possible in our own lives. It, it does matter uh, the choices you make as it relates to your relationship with God. When you and I become less intent and purposeful about honoring God, that can't help but influence the generations that are coming on. But if we do the opposite, if we serve the Lord with gladness, if we open up our heart and receive not just a revelation of his love, but a revelation of his purpose, if we yield our bodies and minds to serve the Lord, then something will be born in us that can be transferred. And the next generation can see their way clear to serving and honoring God. Hear it again what was told to that ancient people. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. And on and on the word proceeds in that chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And they begin to hear and understand legacy begins with a one God mindset where you begin to say that's what matters most. There's one true living God, my creator. I will honor him. And I will begin to express to the next generation that this really is the only way to live. The only thing that matters most of all. You could leave your family members your children if the Lord tarries and you were to pass on you could leave them money and and no doubt there could be benefit to providing for them and their family for education things that would be long term into the future and we thank God for those kind of blessings but that money will eventually be spent and it will be gone. You can leave them possessions, houses, and and yet anything you can leave them that is tangible will ultimately decay. And so then they're left, no doubt, with a season of enjoying those things, but then eventually, if the Lord were to tarry, you have to finally get to where that can't be passed on anymore. It's just in tatters. It's no longer anything. It's it's long gone might be the way uh, that it could be described. And yet, if we honor God, Amen? There's nothing we could leave the next generation any greater than a foundation of faith and faithfulness to God. Even accomplishments, if you somehow did some great things and, and, and was noted for those things in the culture, in the community, ultimately, imagine establishing a record or, or some high water mark in some field. And, and yes, it would it would certainly be meaningful, but eventually someone comes along who outdoes that that previous record or that previous accomplishment. That's just the nature of things always advancing. And so even though there was some degree of notoriety for a season, it's gone. But not your relationship with God. Prayers that you pray and how you model that willingness to seek God before the next generation, that goes on and on and on and on. Amen. The way that we worship and honor God, the way that we serve him, the way that we put him, make him first in our lives and begin to model that in in our own way of doing life and doing uh, our walk with God. And we begin to let God have his way and that is observed by those coming on and we let them see that legacy begins, anything lasting begins with a true recognition of God. And his will and his word and his purpose. And I think that's what we see in the 103rd Psalm. Because as we move past those first two verses, we begin to hear a little bit about legacy. Verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who who obey his commandments. So even though the first couple of verses that we read, boy, it's kind of bleak if you just put all of your focus on what you can get out of life, it will be gone. But if you can put your focus on how you can grow in your knowledge and understanding of God and, and in the service of his will and his purpose and Giving your heart to him. What do you read there? The love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. Amen. And not just for you, but for your children and the children's children. Oh, thank God. Keep honoring God. Keep worshiping him. Keep serving him. Don't stop now. Because what you're doing is establishing something that will, if the Lord tarries, and I know you and I, uh, probably everyone that's listening right now believes with me that the rapture will take place very soon and could take place at any moment. But if the Lord tarries, what we're doing right now matters, so keep doing it. Keep praying, keep serving, keep giving, keep honoring the Lord. Keep letting Him be the Lord of your life. Why? Because that's a legacy that can be transferred. That can be offered to the next generation. It matters. Verse number 19, the Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. When you link up with God and let his kingdom come in your life, here on earth or in earth as it is in heaven or in your life or in your family, in the way you're doing life, if you let his kingdom come, it will go on and on and on. It will not fade. It's an everlasting kingdom. In fact, in one place, the scripture said the increase of his government, there'll be no end to that. And that's legacy right there. When you link up with God and say, no, it's not about my kingdom, but I want his kingdom to flow in my life and through my life. I want it to be established in my life. Now you're working on something by the grace of God that can be handed off to the next generation. Submission. Willingness to do the will of God, an ability to acknowledge his sovereignty, affirm it every day, and let him be Lord of your life. You establish that, and that can be shared in an effective way. Obviously, they have to make their own decisions, but that understanding can be transferred for them to make a decision to honor what the word of God says. Verse number 20 of Psalm 103 Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commandments. And in there, I find something else that can lend itself to legacy, carry out the plans of God, listening for his commands, uh, living in a way that honors him. There are some folks that have discovered you can get up every day and, and let the Lord begin to chart the course. And you can get up every day and say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. There's almost and I believe it's borne out in the scripture, there's a real time, moment by moment, day by day interaction with God where you're listening for his commands. You're looking to the word. You're not quenching the spirit, but you're honoring God and you're opening up your heart and your life saying, Lord, I just wanna do your will today. I just wanna follow you today. I wanna do what pleases you today. You talk about a legacy that can be transferred. Let that be transferred where there was a heart and a life and even a family that said, we're just about making sure God is glorified and honored and his kingdom advances through us. Amen. I think I'm getting a little bit worked up on a Wednesday night. Didn't even bring my, my, my white towel that I don't throw in, but usually use to stay a little more comfortable. But what a great understanding that there are people that will carry out his plans listening for his voice. Jesus said that his sheep would hear his voice and another they would not follow. Oh, we've talked about it recently. There are plenty of voices. But the ability to know how to hear from God through his word, through his spirit, through the direction in real time to understand God's prompting me to do this, God's prompting me to do that. It's wonderful to give knowing that you're honoring uh, the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Yes, there are principles, tithing and giving of offerings. Those principles are established, but some have learned that by faith, not only can you honor those principles, but you can hear from God how to bless and how to encourage and how to invest in things that will far, outlast us and when you do that and God sees you honoring him it just opens the door for even more miracles of provision and blessing in your life. You can operate effectively with the gifts that he's given you if you're one of those people that knows how to listen and carry out his plans. We should be concerned Not trying to be overly sober and and maybe even would never want you to feel condemnation. Obviously, conviction that draws us closer to God and wants to do more perfectly his will. Well, yes, that's healthy. But some of us can lament and say, man, I I felt strongly that prompting to, to take action in that situation. Or maybe it was as simple as I wanted to go and bless that person or Pray for them even or encourage them. And I kind of talked myself out of it only to find out later that timing was exactly orchestrated by God. Amen. God's looking for people in our generation that will listen to him and carry out his plans. Anybody want to be that person? Oh, in Jesus' name, God help us. That's a legacy. That's what we can do by faith to honor God. And that example can be transferred. The psalmist said, serve the Lord with gladness Now i want to say in fact verse 21 said yes praise the lord you armies of angels who serve him and do his will so i believe there's something in this legacy that we're talking about that comes back to the service of the lord and and his purpose and how we choose to serve him i say again psalm 100 verse 2 serve the lord with gladness hey where's the gladness gone where has the gladness gone? What about just saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I know we have that, but I just don't want it to go away. Let's serve him with gladness. Amen. That word that is used there speaks of delight, a feeling or attitude of joyful happiness and cheerfulness and in some contexts, this response the the commentary says is a manifestation of worship to God that even goes beyond unfavorable circumstances did you catch that that gladness can be present and a desire for the things of God and to serve him can be present in a cheerful and, and delighted way even beyond the present circumstances. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God, give us grace to embrace gladness, to serve the Lord. Because don't you know that when people observe that, Who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like the person that serves out of duty? Nothing wrong with duty, but you see that kind of reflection in the way they do things and all of a sudden it starts to dawn on you, I don't think they really enjoy living for God. I'm not sure they really enjoy serving God. It seems like when I hear them talk about it, it's from the standpoint of obligation. And and again, nothing wrong with steadfastness or even a sense of duty, but don't let the gladness seep out of your spirit. Let the next generation see someone that wants to worship and circumstances don't even matter. Someone that wants to serve and circumstances don't even matter. Yes, we love it when good things are happening. But even when it feels like we're not walking in a favorable season, I want to serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. I want to honor him. I want to bless him his name does your gladness go when you perceive that god is not doing what you thought he was going to do now i'm just not sure that i'm experiencing his favor we're grateful for his favor and honestly even when we don't think we're experiencing it often we are we just have a way of identifying when it suits us and when we can say oh i've got favor now this happened that happened You know, we've got favor now because we're breathing. (laughs) Amen. We've got favor now because again today he didn't give us what we deserved. He was merciful to us. Anybody feel that way? Oh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't deserve that. That's favor. That's favor. So I want to serve even in spite of my carnal nature, maybe not interpreting today's circumstances as favor I want to honor God because of his goodness in my life that's a legacy you can build on that and the next generation can take a hold of it take hold of it rather and they can grow and be what God wants them to be God give us grace to serve you with gladness even when we don't feel like things are going our way amen Amen. Let's talk a little bit more about legacy. Verse 22. Praise the Lord. Everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom, let all that I am praise the Lord. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I can, I can really share this without getting too worked up. But we weren't called to watch praise. We were called to worship and honor God and, and to participate And you see that element of legacy, praise the Lord, everything he's created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. That's something you can transfer to the next generation. Something in your heart that says he's worthy, he's worthy. You got to just watch out. I don't don't know, maybe you're younger than me and have more energy as the new young generation comes on. But I don't want to lack Fervency. I don't want to lack a love and a thanksgiving. I, I want to make sure they see in my life something that reflects a true heart of worship and praise and glorifying God because he's worthy. Amen. I hope you feel that way today. In fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, and we mentioned this, I think, uh, Sunday uh, I just indicated a little bit about this and, and let me give you some scripture for what I mentioned we weren't called to watch worship we were called to participate look at 2nd Samuel chapter 6 in verse 14 David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was girded with a linen ephod and you remember the story of the ark coming in and David being so thrilled and and wanted to exalt and rejoice over God's mercy and faithfulness that he danced before the Lord with all his might. He wasn't watching. He was participating. But just two verses later, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. We've got a worshiper and we've got a watcher. The worshiper is acknowledging God's blessings and doesn't really care what anybody else thinks. With all of his might, he's honoring God. But then the watcher is looking off or looking on from a distance and is taking exception with what's happening, starting to critique it. And even later on in that chapter, you read it, Is very harsh with David in terms of talking about his effort to honor the Lord. One was a worshiper and one was a watcher. One left a legacy, but the scripture says at the end of 2 Samuel chapter 6, the last verse says that Michael was barren all the days of her life, she had no children all the days until the very last day of her life until her death so i'm just saying you know what i don't want to be a watcher if the payoff for being a watcher is barren there's no legacy there no legacy for being a watcher but you be a worshiper someone's gonna see that amen someone's gonna pick up on that Maybe you don't see it immediately, but you just keep pouring out your praise, your worship, your love, and your adoration to God. And just see what God will do. There's a legacy to be found. It's found in establishing your ways according to the word of the Lord and honoring him with everything that's within you. Psalm 103 verse 17 again. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments, to do them. If you'll take the long-term view, buy the truth and sell it not. Open up your heart, be a one God, believer, worshiper, serving the Lord with gladness, letting him do his work in your life. That's something that can be handed down. Don't take the short-term view and feel like, well, what's the use No look out beyond. In fact, in that context, I thought I would finish with just some basic investment advice. And this is really just from a particular organization that provides basic tips for investing. But we're talking about long-term investment in the work of God. Now listen to this advice. Remember, we're long-term investors, not weak kneed speculators. Over the course of what will be a prosperous investing career for you, the market will rise and fall. Recessions and booms will happen. Now listen to this, and all the while, you must stay focused on the long term. Fear is never a reason to sell. Did you catch that? Come on, listen. Fear is never a reason to sell. You know, there's a lot of fear right now. This is not time to sell out. This is not time to exchange the truth for some watered-down version of honoring God in a way that's convenient to the flesh. This is the time to say, you know what, I've had a long-term view anticipating an incredible return, having opened up my heart and my life and by the grace of God received a revelation of what it means to serve Him. I know it's challenging at times, but I'm not gonna sell out because of fear. I'm gonna make up my heart, make up my mind rather, and and put a resolve in my heart to put God first and to do His will and expect Him to honor his word. If that's the way you feel, would you lift your hands right there where you're listening and watching and begin to say, Father, help us. Oh, by the grace of God, help us to do life in a manner that honors you and glorifies you and honors your word and your purpose so that if you tarry if you tarry, those coming on can see a witness and an example of faithfulness, an example of steadfast worship and a heart for you, Lord. I don't want to be barren. I want to be fruitful. I want your goodness to be evident in my life as I honor you. And I certainly want to do your will and be a part of this last day harvest that you have promised. I realize that it can be sometimes times, a a time where we feel weary, but we don't want to be weary in well-doing. We want to trust you that just ahead is a great reward. Would you give the Lord praise and love and honor and thanksgiving right now? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let the right spirit, let the right attitude be in us, oh God, to experience your will and your purpose to honor you. Legacy, How we live, if we do it the right way, honoring God, seeking His will, walking in reverence, walking in in a desire to worship and honor and serve Him, then that can impact the generations coming on. And to God be the glory. He gives us grace to do that. Amen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Continue in prayer. Open up your Bible again and look through more of Psalm 103. And and just look at what it's like to to live a life that puts God first. And he'll honor you. He'll bless you. And you'll see his purpose. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's been great to be with you. And uh, appreciate your steadfastness being a part of online church. And we know the best is yet to come. I bless you in Jesus' name. Enjoy the rest of your evening.